What is up, guys? Welcome back to Top Tier Sports. I'm your host, Lucas Kaser. We have our tight end rankings today to finish off the uh, top 10 positional rankings. Um, as you can see, it's on the side that way, this time that way. Um, but I'll go through them all, give you my in-depth analysis, kind of why I like them, just like the other ones. Uh, but first, we'll hit that intro. Boop. 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 Before I start, I just want to say that this video is brought to you by SportsRegime.com, Fantasy Sports Gaming Network, and Unwrap Sports Network. Um, I write for them, and they allow me to post my podcast and articles on uh, their websites. So thank you guys for that. Um, but yeah, we'll get into it here. Number one, as you can see, Travis Kelsey, probably, I'd say everyone's number one this year. Kind of the same with Mahomes. He just kind of, kind of sticks out. I mean, obviously, as always, he's always been a top three tight end, I'd say, since he came into the league. And then as of lately, he's just been dominant as the number one. Um, he had 10 touchdowns last year, so he was one of the two tight ends with double-digit touch- touchdowns. He had five games over 100 yards and two receptions of 40-plus yards. So obviously, he provides that big playability in a big playability offense with the Chiefs. He's probably Mahomes' favorite target Um especially in the red zone. I put down it as a uh, red zone target or t- 26, which was number two for tight ends last year. And I think it was, I want to say top five, like overall out of all um, positions. Um, his catch rate was 74%. So obviously he's just, I mean, he's super reliable. Obviously you can stick him in your lineup every week with no doubts and get him, get probably 15, 16 points but with the potential of like a three touchdown game. Um, I don't really see any downsides to his game or like any uncertainties um, as the top tight end. And uh, like I had my tight end article probably two weeks ago about the whole top three, the gap between top three tight ends and down below. Um, People can argue that his ADP is going high. He's going in the second round. Second round is kind of varying in there. Um, I actually took him in one of my dynasty league drafts that we have going on right now, slow draft. But for him, it's more you know what you're getting. So basically, in the second round, you're probably passing up on a guy like Joe Mixon or like James Conner, maybe like A.B., but with Kelsey in that position, with that needs the void. <clears throat> Sorry about that. But that needs the void. Um, after the, like, There's a big drop after the last three. And if you look at my article, which I have all the links down below, I kind of highlighted that before I got into my four through ten. Um, Kelsey just gets the guaranteed points there. Um, so not much to say, no downsides to his game. He'll continue his dominance next year in fantasy. Uh, number two, as you can see, Zach Ertz. Um, two and three I've seen interchanged um, in rankings this year. And I've kind of, I've been, these were the two I decided, like those are the hardest I needed to like pick in my rankings, I guess you could say. Um, with Ertz for me, it's the 154 targets he had last year. He did only catch 116, but... The 154 targets is huge to me in terms of the tight end position because <clears throat> he had eight touchdowns, no games ab- or no receptions above 40 plus yards. So er- Ertz is not the guy that's going to get you like the 50 yard touchdown. He's not going to break off anything big. He's just the reliable. He had 27 red, red zone targets, 75% catch rate, five games over 100 yards. Like, and especially, I think the biggest reason I put him at two is because Foles will leave. Obviously, he's going to go to the Jaguars, most likely. He's quite a bunch of cap space. But when Wentz plays, full, 
Ertz is Wentz's like main target. You can just tell like when you watch the games, and it's not like Foles was bad. He was bad with Foles, but with Wentz, he kind of needs that like security dump, dump off pass. I guess you could say to Ertz, and especially in the red zone, you can tell they like to get the ball to Ertz on like under routes or little slant routes here and there. But the only downside I could see with Ertz would just be the big playability that my number three George Kittle has, which I'll talk about him. Um, so George Kittle, obviously the breakout year last year, had 128 targets, but only 88 receptions, which I do expect that to go up because obviously he had crappy quarterbacks and not crappy, but like he had lackluster QBs in Beathard and Nick Mullins last year. Still was able to bring in five touchdowns, six receptions over 40 plus yards, four games uh, over 100 yards in the game. And he only had 19 red zone targets, but for the Niners, they... I think I don't remember what the stat was, but they ran the ball. I, th- I want to say like 65% of the time in the red zone, just because their QBs were so bad and they had no other outside of Kittle. They really had no other receiver because Marquis Goodwin was hurt. But Kittle, I think Ertz outweighs him in the, the receptions category, and Kittle kind of outweighs him in the big play category. So it's kind of just that, like whatever you're comfortable with. I feel like drafting is your tight end too. Um, to me, you can't really go wrong either. But to me, I think I'm going to take Ertz ahead of him just because I know I'm getting six, seven catches a week with Ertz, whereas if Kittle doesn't break off that 40-yard catch, I mean, he kind of – I mean, it's not like he's like not scoring. He's putting up tight end one numbers about as much as you want when you're taking a tight end that early in a draft. Um, and like I said, my four through ten, if you read my article, you kind of see where I'm coming from. They all – I kind of rank them based on – the opportunity they have to become like the number one tight end, I guess you could say like, I've kind of based them off the potential they can show or they have shown in order to be a tight end one on our roster. So obviously, as you can see, Eric Ebron tight end four, 13 touchdowns last year and only 66 grabs or receptions, which is unreal. Um, he had 20, he had 21 red zone targets and 13 touchdowns. He only had 100 yard game, one reception over 40 plus yards. Um, for me, if you read my article, Ebron's in his stocks, or not his stock, but his production is going to go way down. I don't see any possible way he catches 13 touchdowns with um, with Doyle back. Um, Marlon Mack becoming more into the offensive, like the running back role. And I think they're going to add a piece or pieces in like Tyrell Williams or a rookie receiver in the draft slash free agency. Um I just don't see Ebron repeating 13 touchdowns. I still think he's good enough to have seven to nine touchdowns and luck will target him in the red zone, obviously. So it's not like he's going to fall off the map, but he is not going to repeat 13 touchdowns. I do have him at four just because I think he's the better option than the rest, but I'm still really not going to draft him because he's kind of, there's the ADP of the top three, the ADP of everyone below him. And he's kind of there where I can snag some like, like an Edelman or like maybe my QB in those rounds. And I would just so much rather have that than banking on 13 touchdowns. Uh, moving to the next one, OJ Howard. Um, before I start, actually, I will say in my article, I kind of put that OJ Howard, Najoku, and oh, this is awkward. I put Hunter Henry. <laughs> That's funny. That's number 10 is supposed to be Evan Ingram. I did not realize that. But Evan Ingram, OJ Howard, and uh, David Najoku, I kind of put as like they're all the same prototype tight end, I guess you could say. For O.J. Howard, to me, they're, the reason I put him at five is because with Cameron Bray leaving, he will be the main tight end. 
an offense that is developing, I guess you could say. Now they're going to have Jameis Winston for sure. They're not going to have that whole controversy of who's going to be the quarterback. Bruce Arians, uh, competent head coach or experienced, I guess you could say. I don't, I don't know if you want to say competent, but I think he'll be the third option on that offense behind Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and then it'll be him. And he, I think he'll get most of his production in the red zone. He only played 10 games last year, five touchdowns, seven red zone targets. But, I mean, you don't need him, especially in the tight end position. If you're not taking those top three guys, you only need, like, 10 points from your tight end. And a touchdown, two or three catches is going to get that for you. So that's why I have him there over guys like Hunter Henry, um, Najoku, Gronk, and Vance McDonald, and then not Hunter Henry again, Evan Ingram. So sorry about that. But we'll move to the next one. This one... This is kind of my like hot take or surprise. I think you could say it's six with Vance McDonald. Um, Vance McDonald, 57% snap share last year, shared with Jesse James. But his uh, yards after catch slash big, pay, big play ability is unreal. As you saw in the one play where he stiff-armed, I want to say Chris Conti, I want to say on the Monday Night Football game against the Buccaneers in like week four. But he only had 67 targets, four touchdowns, and he did have two receptions over 40-plus yards and was still able to grab a game of over 100 yards receiving. But with Jesse James leaving and Antonio Brown most likely getting traded here soon, obviously they're going to need the big playability from Antonio Brown leaving, but they're also going to need that uh, red zone or like touchdown production. With those guys gone, Big Ben's getting kind of older in his age. Steelers team, I want to say, is getting a little worse, kind of seems like. So they're going to be throwing the ball a little more, I think. Um, I just think that he has everything lined up for him to be a top 10 uh, tight end in fantasy for the next year. And I just, I'm really excited actually to see the way he can step into that or hopefully step into that role because I'll probably be targeting him as my tight end two if I can get a top guy or maybe just waiting to my, make him my tight end one, maybe drafting two guys the same caliber as him. So number seven, the... Hunter Henry return, hopefully, is what all fantasy fans were hoping for. Last year, he was primed for a breakout year. Probably would have taken on, I want to say, like the Kittle role last year, kind of like filled in that role, that player, or the breakout player. Um, but he had, I had to take his 2017 stats. So he played 12 games in 2017 and 13 in 2016. So he's really injury prone. He's never really played a full season, never really shown what he can do. But I think in the Chargers offense, with Tyrell Williams leaving, Antonio Gates will I don't know if he's going to retire or not, but it's not like he really does much. I think Hunter Henry, Philip Rivers knows that he has a solid red zone target in Hunter Henry, and Philip Rivers is going to take any means necessary to just take the easy route because he's getting old. He's not really trying to make big plays. So I think Hunter Henry is going to get most of his production in the red zone along with O.J. Howard. I'd say, I, I would say I can see Hunter Henry over O.J. Howard and Joku getting in the double-digit touchdowns. Um. So I think Hunter Henry probably has the best odds to be a tight end four or finish his tight end four just because he could, he could put up the Ebron like 13 touchdowns. But I'm still probably going to shy away from him just because I don't really want to take that risk. The injury risk, especially in a position that's already like weak and there's not very many options. Um, David Njoku is next at number eight. Like I said, O.J. Howard and then my number 10, Evan Ingram, kind of prototype. Kind of like that third option in an up-and-coming offense. Doesn't really, he brings a little, he just brings the athletic red zone ability to the table. Um, he had 83 targets last year, 56 receptions, 
eight red zone targets. And, I mean, obviously Baker Mayfield's going to be improving his accuracy because he was bad last year. Freddie Kitchens is coming in. But I still think he sits behind Jarvis Landry, whoever they're going to draft. I think they're going to get a receiver in free agency or draft one. And, honestly, you could probably argue Nick Chubb. So he might even be the fourth red zone option. But the only way I think Najoku remains as, like, a solid tight end one you can play every year is if he can provide seven to eight touchdowns. Because he'll have his games where he'll drop 100 yards and make a touchdown. But if he can just consistently get a touchdown here and there, like five or six catches, he'll be easily – you could slate him in as your tight end if you wait and get other positions. So I'm looking for him to kind of – him, O.J. Howard, and Ingram are kind of in that, like, breakout stage of their career. We don't really know. You're just kind of taking a chance when drafting them. But he, I think he'll have a decent year in the up-and-coming Browns offense. Um, the next one is Gronk. People, I think, are kind of forgetting about him just because they think that he is going to retire. But personally, I don't know. There's been rumors that he's been going back to the facility for, like, treatment, et cetera, all that stuff. I don't really know if he's going to retire. So this is my ranking if he does not retire. Bad season last year, played 13 games. But in the playoffs last year, I saw that he kind of molded back into his form of what he was. Kind of, kind of played a lot of outside receiver, actually, in the playoffs. But... As long as Brady's a quarterback, it's going to be Edelman, and then it's going to be Gronk. This is two favorite targets. Like, there's no change in that with Brady ever. Brady's not going to change that. And with Gronk as a tight end, I think he's being drafted. I want to say, like, tight end 12-13. That's huge. That's like a, I mean, it's kind of a risk, obviously, but that's a huge, like, upside play. And I've been drafting him, like, as my tight end two in a lot of mock drafts behind them of the top three guys. But I just don't – mainly my biggest point with him is to not forget about him if you're sitting in your draft and you're like, oh, I don't have a tight end or I want a big play upside guy towards the end of the draft. I think Gronk, if he stays on the team, obviously doesn't retire. He can – he can. this might be the year he can return to his Gronk ways, if you want to call him that. So now I see my number 10, as I said, is Evan Ingram, not Hunter Henry because I don't know why I double-typed Hunter Henry, but it's Evan Ingram. Um – Evan Ingram, kind of, like I said, the same prototype. The only thing I can see him not becoming top 10 is the fact that they're just going to feed Barkley and OBJ and maybe even Sterling Shepard. So he's honestly like the third, maybe the fourth option on that team. But with Barkley, like in the red zone, they're going to go to Barkley every time. They're not going to worry about Evan Ingram. Um, but kind of after Gronk, I really, it was like Hunter or Evan Ingram, like Delaney Walker was up there. Jared Cook, like this, this is the, that big chunk of tight ends, really, that I just don't want to touch at all in any of my leagues. Like, literally, maybe like a one week streamer if I don't get a top three guy. But I just really think that Evan Ingram could maybe, could maybe take over like that third option role, um, just kind of in the dump downs. And he obviously showed it his rookie year. Like, he has the speed, he was getting eight, six, seven catches a game. I just don't really know, obviously, what changed was they got Barkley, and the Giants were just so bad last year. They really had, like, nothing going for him to where he would really want to perform well, I guess you could say. Um, But, yeah, so I have him at 10, low-end, tight end one, maybe not even really. But other guys I mentioned, like Delaney Walker, Austin Hooper, Jared Cook, Kyle Rudolph, they could all fit in there. I'm just kind of, for me personally, my strategy is going to be a top three tight end this year just because of the way especially last year just looking at it and like I did the research on my article I wrote earlier which I'll link that down below too like it's just been so bad with tight ends I feel like you should just better off taking a top three guy 
So that is it for my rankings, uh, the individual positional rankings. Um, I guess I'll kind of give you, so for next week on Wednesday starts the free agency um, period, obviously, when they can sign. Um, I'll probably have a Monday or Tuesday, like my best free agency fits, um, like for players where I think they would land for fantasy purposes, like where that'd be the best spot to land. And then as like, I'll probably have like individual recaps of everyday free agency, um, whether it's like a little video on YouTube, podcast, all that stuff. I'll just, it'll be a off season's officially starting. It's kind of starting on Wednesday. It'll just be that like where players land, their off season fits, where I see their role going, the rankings, if they're changing at all. But we're officially getting to the season, the off season for, or for fantasy football and NFL actually. Um, but you can find me on Twitter. I put down below if you're watching on YouTube uh, at Sports Tier Capital S and T. My personal account is at Kaser underscore Lucas. Um, and I'll put all the links for my website, all the other websites that I've mentioned in the video. But I will see you guys next time.